Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, so we've been hearing about this Ronan Farrow book coming out, Catch and Kill. Uh, and uh, there's some new information that has shown up within the past 24 hours that we feel like it's really important to talk about on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And this all starts with uh, some allegations that we were made aware of. Um, was it late last night? Yeah, late last night. A piece of uh, this new book. Little excerpts have been coming out. A piece was made. I should say the book was made available, I think, to Variety. And they republished a piece of the book. Probably one of the most explosive allegations in that book. It deals with a lot of different uh, parts of what we now call the Me Too movement, including but not limited to Harvey Weinstein, but also Matt Lauer. The explosive thing last night that Variety published involved allegations of rape against uh, Matt Lauer. Of course, we've been talking about Matt Lauer in the last couple or in the last week or so because he did like a social media video with his daughter. Um, He'd sort of faded from, you know, the conversation now back in headlines. And whoa, it's an explosive. um, It's an explosive set of allegations. So we had heard um, we had heard some of the allegations or at least murmurs of these allegations that occurred during the Sochi Olympics having to do with Matt Lauer, but we didn't have a name attached to them. Now, partly because of this, well, mostly because of this Ronan Farrow book, Catch and Kill, we now have a name associated with the allegations, and we have some details about the allegations uh, that are brought toward Matt Lauer by Brooke Nevels, who uh, is an employee of the Today Show. Here is um, a little excerpt from this morning on the Today Show. You're going to hear a report of the details uh, about this alleged incident. Now, before we get to it, though, I want to do what they did in the setup and just let people know that there's some really sensitive um, information in this. There's some sensitive stories in this. So trigger warning for people who maybe have been victims of sexual assault, etc. It's explicit. There's some explicit details. Explicit, yeah, sexual content. Yeah, here we go. For the first time, we're hearing from the woman whose complaint led to Matt Lauer's firing. The former NBC News employee, whose identity has been kept anonymous by NBC News at her request, is now speaking out publicly. The woman, Brooke Nevels, sat down with Ronan Farrow for his new book, Catch and Kill. NBC News has not obtained a copy of the book, but Variety did and released details of her interview overnight. In the book, Nevels alleges Lauer raped her in his hotel room at the 2014 Sochi Olympics. 
According to her account, she had been drinking heavily and went back to his room twice, once to retrieve her press credentials, which she says Lauer had taken as a joke, and a second time after he invited her back, because as Farrow writes, she had no reason to suspect Lauer would be anything but friendly based on prior experience. Once she was in his hotel room, Neville's alleges Lauer pushed her against the door and kissed her, before pushing her onto the bed, flipping her over, asking if she liked anal sex. Farrow writes, she said that she declined several times. According to Neville's, she was in the midst of telling him she wasn't interested again when he just did it. Neville's saying it was painful and that she wept silently into a pillow while it happened. Adding, when Lauer asked if she liked it, she said yes. Neville's also telling Pharaoh, it was non-consensual in the sense that I was too drunk to consent. Adding, it was non-consensual and that I said multiple times that I didn't want to have anal sex. Back in New York, according to Variety, Neville's told Pharaoh she had more sexual encounters with Lauer, saying she was terrified about the control he had over her career. Sources close to Lauer emphasized that she sometimes initiated contact, Pharaoh writes. Neville's, who had been working for former Today co-anchor Meredith Vieira at the Olympics in Sochi, eventually told Vieira in 2017, several years after the Games, what had happened. Okay, and you know, I think the report goes on to tell about how Meredith Vieira was instrumental in in having her come forward, etc. But those are some pretty particular and very graphic um, explanations of what went on in 2014 at the Sochi Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. And shocking, certainly. Um, Then, after that comes out, so as if that's not explosive enough, Matt Lauer then releases a statement, which is, you know, far too long for us to read now, but covers some ground that... There's a lot going on here, and it just brings up a lot of the things that we've been talking about um, since, you know, the Me Too movement uh, came about, certainly. But also recently, after the book She Said came out by the two New York Times journalists who were really sort of at ground zero when the Harvey Weinstein scandal came out. You're probably like, why are you talking about Harvey Weinstein? Well, Harvey Weinstein led to Matt Lauer, led to a lot of other conversations and uh, actions and revealed uh, allegations against some of the most powerful men in Hollywood and beyond, including but not limited to Matt Lauer. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's sort of all of a piece. And their book really um, doesn't necessarily talk about Matt Lauer, but it has gotten us talking about some of the power dynamics people like Matt Lauer like Harvey Weinstein, like Bill Cosby, employ in order to maintain their power or to fend off these allegations. Um, And that's exactly what Matt Lauer did this morning by releasing uh, a very long statement, a very detailed and equally disturbing statement in terms of its candor about sexual activity. Um, But it has implications. Yeah. So let's actually talk specifically about how he addresses the allegations that Brooke Nevels uh, has brought forward. So in this letter, which was sent via his legal rep uh, earlier today, he says, um, basically, over the past couple of years, people, he gives an excuse as to why he hasn't refuted these claims or talked about them publicly. Mm -hmm. He says, essentially, he didn't want to drag his family, his children through this. Put a pin in that because yeah. mm-hmm. I have issues with when people bring up their children. Pinpoint. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes on to say, but my silence has been a mistake. And then he goes on to detail um, where he's at. He says, today, nearly two years after I was fired by NBC, 
old stories are being recycled, titillating details are being added, and a dangerous and defamatory new allegation is being made. Okay. In reference, of course, to what we've just heard. In the book uh, that will be coming out on the 15th, he says that it is alleged an extramarital, extramarital but consensual sexual encounter he previously admitted having was in fact an assault. He says that's categorically false. He says that he did have an affair with Brooke Nevels. He said that it was in Sochi. He said that they did engage in, uh, pardon my graphic words, uh, in a variety of sexual acts, including but not limited to the ones you just heard described. And he said each and every one of those was completely consensual. He goes on to talk about how he, you know, ruined his family. He hurt a bunch of people. He made some bad mistakes. But that he is not, essentially, he's arguing that he's not a rapist. Yeah. And and so what is interesting about, well, there's a lot of interesting things in there. And again, to your point, it's an incredible, it's a long yeah. statement. But what he does that is different from what we have heard from other people who have had these same types of allegations uh, put toward them. For example, Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein would categorically deny all of it. Mm-hmm. No, none of that happened. It did not happen at all. For most of those stories, what he does is he admits enough of it. He admits things that are could potentially be embarrassing, right? I had an extramarital affair. We had this kind of sex, this kind of sex, and this kind of sex. And it was all consensual. So he says, you know, what could what incriminates him in the sense that like, yeah, he recognizes that, that he's at fault for having an extramarital affair. He admits just enough to say some of this is true. The part, the one and only part that is not true is the consent piece. And that is the piece that makes it either rape or not rape. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, to your earlier point, I would argue that what he is employing is a lot of what Harvey Weinstein employed because Harvey Weinstein did say he needed to learn that attitudes have changed and he needs to evolve. Now, the reason that's important and the reason that I thought it was important that we discuss his particular response or the things that struck me in that response are that it sounds very familiar. It sounds very familiar because it employs a lot of the tactics that are laid out in the memo that do you remember Lisa Bloom? Yes. Lisa Bloom, the attorney for Harvey Weinstein sent to him when she was trying to get a job. Now, I don't we don't have time to explain all the background of that, but mm-hmm. essentially Lisa Bloom was working for Harvey Weinstein and she having previously advocated for victims of just these types of assault felt like her experience defending those women helped her defend Harvey Weinstein by knowing exactly what to poke at and what to admit, what not to admit, how to shape the public's perception of what your response to the allegations were. So very specifically, by admitting, you know, oh, I misinterpreted, oh, I've changed the way I view, you know, my interactions with women, by admitting a little bit, it appears to give you some credibility, gives the audience an idea like, oh, well, he's admitting that he did these horrible things. Yeah. But to your point, they're not as horrible as the victim alleges and therefore would put him in legal jeopardy. So right. this response by Matt Lauer, and this is the question that I have, who is behind this response? Because we know that very likely Matt Lauer didn't sit down and just write this very lengthy very well-spoken, very well-thought-out response. No, and he certainly didn't do it within the past 12 hours. No, because he knew this book was coming. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think it's uh, shocking that we had a, oh, look at this cute little TikTok video go viral yeah. in the days before horrible allegations of severe, violent sexual rape come out? Yeah. I mean, so my, my question is, who is behind uh, this response from Matt Lauer? Who has crafted this? Who, has, who is he paying? Yeah. Because the other thing we're going to learn in this book by Ronan Farrow that we already know to a certain extent from the Harvey Weinstein experience is that, or tragedy, better term, is that there are organizations that you can pay and employ to help you craft a media narrative after you've committed several crimes. Well, and to be, you know, perfectly honest, who better to craft a media narrative than a person whose job it has been to report news? Yeah. I mean, he knows he will he will have selected uh, a group of people who, and he knows the ins and outs is what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's it's not beyond the pale that he would um, be working in that way. To try to manipulate the public perception of what's going on. Now, I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm not saying, uh, but clearly there is a discrepancy in the sequence of events as it as it is told by Brooke Nevels and as it is told by Matt Lauer. Now, I'm going to get a little real, real. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about this Matt Lauer story today where severe or serious allegations of rape were made against him. I don't, I'm not a judge and I'm not an attorney and I don't get paid to be one. So I can just have my opinion. Mm -hmm. And my opinion is he's probably guilty. That's what my heart says. Yes. Here's why. We talked a little bit about this earlier. If you were to engage in sexual behavior with someone and they later came to you, Mm -hmm. the partner whom you'd had sexual relation, despite that it was an affair, despite all that nonsense, if it got to the point where um, the person were to come to me and say that or I was made aware that that behavior, it's not that the person is required to come to me and tell me they Mm -hmm. were uncomfortable about what happened. But if I knew, if I even suspected, if I even thought for one moment that my uh, behavior had led another person to feel as though they'd been victimized, Mm -hmm. I, if I were a, an innocent and I'm just saying me. Yeah. If you perceived it differently, if I perceived that that behavior was taken in a different way than I had intended it, mm-hmm. I would be bending over backwards to make apologies, to make good, to, you know. So therefore, when you are so cold and calculating in your response to claim that all of that behavior happened and it was completely consensual, knowing that you have another party over there who's saying it absolutely wasn't, that says to me one of them is lying. And I, I just don't think it's very hard to believe that he... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Didn't get her consent to have this behavior because right. if he, if he was a good person, mm-hmm. he would have said, wow, I didn't think that that was the case, but she clearly thinks it was. So that, that to me, and again, mm-hmm. I can only use my own skills of judgment, right. but that to me says very likely he's trying to paint the picture differently than it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that you don't even need to go very far down the street to see all the examples of like, what is in it for her? Right. She had it, by the way, walked away, not walked away, left NBC with a seven figure check. Yeah. Settlement. So if she was mm-hmm. just out for money, what is she getting now? Right. Exactly. Other than having her reputation, her security, because prior to this, she was anonymous. Yeah. What is the benefit? I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think that there's uh, a lot of uh, calculation on the part of Matt Lauer and his team that people aren't going to do that math. But we just did. So yeah, now look, you all can carry the math. one for yourselves. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Elizabeth Reese is coming in. She's bringing all the dirt straight from Hollywood on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese is here with more dirt from Hollywood. Let me Boy. tell you, we were talking about the dirt all the way through that break. That is the Sorry. truth mm-hmm. because Matt Lauer dominating the headlines today as he's fired back against an NBC staffer who is accusing him of rape. Um, and you're talking about this because Ronan Farrow's book is coming out. And so this allegation being made public for the first time, people publicly are finding out what led to Matt Lauer's swift firing within 24 hours of NBC finding out about staffer Brooke Neville's allegation of rape against Matt Lauer. He was fired. Mm -hmm. Um, He was fired and NBC is standing by that today saying that it was terrible then and it's terrible now Mm -hmm. and that this is why he was fired so swiftly. NBC has its own situation with self-preservation, but mm-hmm. that's what they're saying in this situation. Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb were on the air today saying that they find this to be horrific. They are disturbed to their core and that they knew it wasn't easy for Brooke Nevels to come forward then, and it's not easy now, and they support her and any woman who comes forward with claims. Um, they were clearly moved, by the way, too. Oh, yeah, visibly yeah. and emotionally. Yes. Um, very moved. I was going to say, though, the one thing I started to think about was NBC and their their initial response. Yes, they fired him within 24 hours of the allegation. Right. We talked at the time a little bit about why there may have been other light or uh, other indications earlier that they should have known something happened. Whatever. Mm-hmm. In this particular case. OK, within 24 hours. That's awesome. But the way they reported it to me seemed very just generic and not as appropriate for the level of violence that if the allegation as we've learned, it was made to them, you know, because they just called it inappropriate sexual conduct. Right. I mean, like, yeah. Doesn't that seem a little like a little minimizing? Whitewashy. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, I mean, that's, that's fair. Because that to me sounds like he had sex with a woman that worked under him. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Which at the time is, I think, where we were thinking about a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Like he had power over these women. I mean, this is actual. That is it, power over rape. women rape. is one thing. Yeah. And then, yes, rape is a, 
is mm-hmm. another thing. When when a woman in in the midst of a sexual act is saying no, 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 that's yeah. rape, uh-huh. right? I mean, having a powerful relationship over, over someone and then having them feel like they have to say yes, that is still an assault, mm-hmm. but that is a different kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very nuanced, these kinds of um, relationships. So Meredith Vieira was Brooke Neville's superior. Mm-hmm. Brooke was Meredith's personal assistant. Meredith worked for Matt Lauer for five years on the Today Show, and she played an important part in bringing the allegations of sexual assault against Matt Lauer to light. And she and Matt were very close. Um, but that, in I mean, book, I have to just say, like, that had to have been very difficult for her in the sense that you just said she and Matt Lauer were very close. Right. I admire her for hearing her employee and putting that friendship aside and saying, this is, we can't just sit with this. So, Brooke Neville says that several people knew of her relationship with Matt Lauer. Because remember, they continued a sexual relationship after this alleged rape in Sochi. Um, but Brooke Neville says that she didn't disclose the full details or escalate the situation until she confided in her boss, Meredith Vieira, mm-hmm. who she was working for as a personal assistant. According to Farrow's book, Meredith immediately told her to take action. At Vieira's urging, Brooke Nevels reported this ordeal to NBC executives in the fall of 2017 in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein scandal. And then Matt Lauer was fired. Brooke Nevels met, went on medical leave in 2018 and then um, and then was able to then left the job. Gosh, I mean, there's so much more here and we'll be obviously following this story as, as more is learned and certainly as the book Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrell comes out. Um, Elizabeth, thank you for this dirt alert. Thanks, Thanks Elizabeth. Uh, we need somebody to play our 30-second pop culture challenge, 651-641-1071. 30 seconds, five pop culture questions. Get them all right, you win a prize on My Talk 1071. give you 30 seconds to answer five pop culture questions. We do it every day at 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And this is your 30 second pop culture challenge. 30 second pop culture challenge. On the phone today, Colleen. We've got Kelly on the line. And what is Kelly playing for? Kelly is playing for a big one of these. My Talk 1071 t-shirt. Well, we'll, we'll just get you whatever size works for oh, you. Oh, yeah, no, like small, petite, whatever, whatever. you need. <laughs> uh, timer will begin after I ask the first question. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, here we go. Hotel California is a song and album by which band? Eagles. Uncle Fester is a character from what comic and TV show slash movie? Adam's Family. Christopher Wallace was the real name of which 90s hip-hop star? Oh, jeez. Uh, Pat. Who directed the movie The Godfather? Um, Mario. Oh, God. Pat. Fenty Beauty is the beauty brand from what entertainer? Rihanna. Yes. Uh, Christopher Wallace is the real name of what 90s hip-hop star? 90s hip-hop star? Oh, I'm sorry, Kelly, sorry, that you Kelly. did not win the 30-second pop culture challenge. You can try again tomorrow, though, because we do it every day at 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Okay, 
Let's get to those questions she did not have. Christopher Wallace is? Notorious B.I.G. Who directed The Godfather? I thought she was going to say Mario Lopez, and I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) It's Francis Ford Coppola. And she uh, got Fenty, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. All right, now that we've uh, answered all those questions, we can move on to solve some mysteries, and we do that in the form of blind items that Holly's brought for us in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. Celebrity gossip. Get it right here. Colleen and Bradley to solve in the form of a mystery. Here is your first mystery. The A-list singer Solo and in a group who really is not that great of a singer, but is good on reality television, knows she was the fourth person asked to accept an award she is about to receive, right? The other three turned it down. Is that like a... Camila Cabello. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So I, for some reason, I was thinking it might be like a Spice Girl, but it's not a Spice Girl because they don't really go solo. Okay. They've um, tried. It has really it didn't worked go out well. well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this person was making headlines, and we may have talked about it in a Dirt Alert update yesterday. Okay. Uh, a list singer solo and in a group and in a group. Yes. It, uh, but good on reality television. Is that like a as a judge on something? Oh. Is that like a Nicole Scherzinger or something? There you go. Okay. Uh, or not? So uh, that was incorrect. Um. Let's go for another one. You know this person. I mean, like personally. Intimately? I don't know, but you know this person because they've been around for a couple of decades. Okay. Oh. Gwen Stefani. Oh, yeah. Yep, I see what you're doing there. Gwen Stefani is going to be honored at the People's Choice Awards with a fashion icon prize. Congratulations, Gwen Stefani. I would like to win People's Choice Awards. Please send them all to us. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, according to NT Lawyer, Hopefully, Gwen Stefani understands that she was the fourth person in line. Okay, quick question about that. This award. Who turns down? Well, the, I mean, apparently, other people turn it I down. I kind of feel like it's one of those awards where you're like, really? Yeah. Do I want to be yeah. at the People's, a Choice? People's Choice fashion icon? Yeah, I get it. Okay. Seems a Have little... you seen the people and their choices? Yeah. The people make bad choices. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Another celebrity gossip mystery to solve this afternoon. Colleen and Bradley, listen to this. Speaking of bad behavior, this awful showrunner, creator of a reality series, is about to be called out for exchanging sex for being on different versions of the show he created. I just want you to name the show he created. I don't think you're familiar with the person's actual name. Okay, so this is a showrunner for a reality series. The Bachelor? Well, you know, that does not surprise me. At all. Let me fill in the blanks for you. So speaking of bad behavior, Mike Fleiss, the creator of the Bachelor franchise, is about to be called out for exchanging sex for being on different versions of the show well, did, he created. He so. was in headlines for something else. Yeah, because remember, he allegedly beat uh, or abused his wife. That's right. right? Oh, yes, who was expecting their second child. Oh, wow. What a D-bag. Mm-hmm. And then didn't did she drop the charges or something happened where the charges were never filed? I think. I think there may have been some kind of settlement between Mike Fleiss and his wife. Ugh. But whatever happened, I know that the story went away pretty Yikes. quickly. 
Yeah, that did happen pretty quickly. All right. All right, let's uh we're really good at these today. Let's do another one. I mean, let's do another celebrity gossip mystery. What? Okay, here we go. There were a dozen choices that would have worked even better, but for some reason, the A-list director decided to go with the convicted child molester song. He said it gave it an extra edge. Yeah, an edge that lets the molester collect a massive amount of money. Oh, This is that Gary Glitter story from The Joker, right? Okay. Fill in the blanks and then tell the story. There were a dozen choices that would have worked even better, but for some reason, Todd Phillips, the director of Joker, decided to go with the song Rock and Roll Part 2, also known as the Hayes Song, by convicted child molester Gary Glitter. Todd Phillips said it gave the scene an extra edge. Yeah, an edge that lets Gary Glitter collect a massive amount of money. Okay, that's that's horrible. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I know. I'm I, just, you're, but like, you're having the same reaction I think everybody did when they uh-huh. saw these headlines. And, you know, many people probably don't know what a Gary Glitter is, but just hearing, like, well, why would you do that? Well, that's the thing is to, to the point that NT Lawyer, who writes our blind items, makes sure that song gives it an extra edge. Um, sometimes you have to make a better choice. For the greater good. Yeah. And I right? would say, as a person who has seen the movie Joker... There's no edge? Th- th- well, <laughs> N.T. Lawyer is right in the blind item where the song isn't serving necessarily a specific purpose. Like, that song could have been interchanged with any number of songs. Yeah, this choice seems like one of those things where the only person who really understands the whatever point they were trying to make is the person who made... The decision. Yeah, and let me tell you that. And that's lost on everybody else. The music supervision in Joker stinks. And yeah. Le- walking out of the movie theater, I was like, oh, wow, look at you. You're so clever. Let's play Send in the Clowns by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Do we have one more, like yeah. even a shorty? Okay, good. Let's revisit a blind item that we read last week that is now confirmed today. Perfect. Listen carefully. There is a buzz that if this late night show doesn't get their ratings up, that this season could be its last. After so many years, I thought it would be ratings proof, but apparently not. Last season hit some all-time series lows, and the unthinkable is starting to become thinkable. Now, this has been confirmed. So, we did this last week, we right? We thought yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Oh. Oh, is it the Tonight Show or the Saturday Night Live? Oh. That was the other thought. Okay, yeah. okay, fill in that blank. So there's buzz around that if Saturday Night Live doesn't get their ratings yeah. up, that this season could be the show's last. After more than 40 years, you would think that Saturday Night Live would be ratings proof, but apparently not, because last season hit some all-time series lows in the ratings, and the unthinkable is starting to become thinkable. Well, I will tell you, after hearing some of the, not the critics' reviews of the first episode of this season, but just sort of the basic buzz around this season premiere Mm -hmm. people were not super excited about it and even i will say like it did veer too much you know they always go into the political sphere so like that should not upset you right it's satire that's normal Yeah, chevy chase played gerald ford yeah back in the day it's like that's part of what they do however 
it seemed like the uh, a, a large percentage of the sketches were political in nature. And I don't know that that's what people are going to Saturday Night Live for. Yeah, not in this day and age. And here's the other thing. Nothing is forever. Correct. Which is obvious until it's not so ob- obvious. It's not obvious till it's obvious. So obvious. So because, obvious. like, <laughs> y'all gonna die someday. Right. So, mm-hmm. it, it, it will be a sad moment, but it's almost like, well... Okay. Well, and the world changes and people's perspectives change and their viewing habits change and their what they're, you know, wh- wh- how we find things funny has changed. And, um, you know, they have, they've rolled with the punches for a really, really long time, but we might just be hitting that place where the old structure just doesn't work anymore. Also, you have to remember that there's so many other things competing for our attention. Right. That, um, why... You know, who's to say that Lauren Michaels even doesn't have a better idea uh, f- for ways to capture an audience's attention through comedy that doesn't involve Saturday Night Live? True. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, we have to do a Chonus bonus. Priyanka Chopra has said something that I just think is ridiculous and shocking. Shocking and ridiculous. No, I'm saying it's shocking that you find something oh, sorry. she said. Ridiculous. You're going to find it ridiculous too. No, I'm sure. I think a lot of people will after this on My Talk 1071. Okay, we have to talk about the publationship uh, that started all the publationships, at least on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. First of all, what, pray tell, is a publationship, Bradley Trainer? It's a relationship used for the purpose of publicity to advance one's career, oftentimes in the entertainment industry. And we want to talk about our favorite publicationship, Chonus. What is a Chonus? Priyanka Chopra, Nick Jonas. And so we call it a Chonus bonus. It's time for a Chonus bonus. Okay. What's going on? So Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, Mm -hmm. was on The View. Yesterday. By morning. the way, how did we miss that headline know. news? Well, yes, Priyanka Chopra on the View, and we didn't. Know uh, about we it? didn't even care. Thanks, listeners. Thanks a lot again. First we missed Toto. Now we didn't know about this. Just kidding. You guys are great. We love you. Uh, anyway, she was on the View, and uh, she was opening up about her husband's type one diabetes. Yes, interesting. Okay, we do know that about him, right? Oh yeah, I think we've known that for a long time. In fact, actually, it's. Um, he's been very forthcoming about it and it is the whole story of how they discovered his diagnosis is outlined in the Amazon, uh, documentary about the Jonas brothers. Um, awesome. Yeah. Juvenile diabetes type. It's type one. one. Yep. And he, uh, I want to say he was diagnosed when he was like in his late or early teens. So he's been dealing with this, uh, or accommodating this part of himself for years. Right, so long. Okay, so wait, what is Priyanka Chopra saying about this? On well, she's the view? opening up about it. First of all, oh, I feel like he's so already opened about up it. about it. And what does she have to do with it? I mean, yes, I understand that having a spouse with any type of chronic illness is something that everybody has to deal with. Sure, but is this especially upsetting for her? Let's find out. Okay, quote. <clears throat> Initially, when we first got married, I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that he knew when his blood sugar dropped, even when he was sleeping. Uh, He has this crazy discipline. He feels it. But I would often wake up in the middle of the night just to check and see if everything's okay, just for a really long time. 
But then eventually she goes on to say that she realized that her husband knew what he was doing because he'd been dealing with the disease since he was 13 years old. Okay. Okay. Um, I have so many big feelings and thoughts about this. Yes. One of them, of course, is why is that lady trying to use her husband's (laughs) diabetes to get attention right now? Well, I don't know if you've met Priyanka Chopra lately, but she has this wonderful way. In fact, we just talked about this trait yesterday Yeah, where she will take anything about you or anyone else and within 30 seconds, turn it back to herself. Right. And what I think she's doing here is trying to make herself sound like a good doting wife. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I used to wake up in the middle of the night just to check on my husband. Now, this is the other part that really bothers me about it. The way she infantilizes her adult husband. Well, it is kind of, it plays into the whole, you know, um, (coughs) age age discrepancy. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about, you know, since the beginning that she seems like, I don't know. Anyway, so yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so yes. In conclusion. To literally just be, just to just say, honestly, I used to wake up in, until I realized that he could handle it. Also, I don't buy that. No, not even a little bit. That. But that's what really, then that's like, the third oh, thing that really fries me. I used to me. wake up in the middle of the night and think, is he okay? That's the thing that, that fries me the most. Too cute. Is that she half. completely, completely fabricated an entire story around his chronic illness. Yeah. I could just make like, herself if sound you good. said to me like there, there should be a new game and we should probably trademark it and we can't call it Priyanka Chopra, but it literally is like charades, but you have to Priyanka Chopra fi like uh, like a, a, a thing. So, for example, the card would say your husband has diabetes. Yeah. And then it would be like you have to pretend to be Priyanka mm, Chopra in an L magazine. Oh my gosh, interview. This is actually we should do this. Yeah. Well, give me another topic and let me see if I can do it. OK, um, let's see. You, uh, okay, your husband helped uh, a woman cross the road yesterday. Um, Yes, this is one of the things I love the most about Nick, is that he is so caring and giving. One time, I was having difficulty crossing the road, and first he showed me, because I'm not very good at walking, Um that's a talent he has. Um, and so I looked to him for the walking, mm. but he noticed that there was a road and I didn't know it was a road because I'm not accustomed to walking. And he actually picked me up wow. and carried me across the road. That's he's amazing. I mean, he's wonderful that way. Okay. Now you do me. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, not in that way. Okay. Thanks. Um, your husband mm. recently found a very, very valuable clock. In the attic of your home. Oh, okay. My husband. Oh, I have to tell you the funniest story. You won't believe this. So, you know, we live on separate coasts most of the time, or countries even, because I'm so busy with my film career. Um, you know, my new f- movie, Sky's Pink, came out. And so when we do actually get to spend time together, this is so easy. When we do get to spend time together, you know, I will look through old photo books of my family and how much they mean to me. And he will, um, you know, search for different mementos from his past. And he was in the attic one weekend and found a clock. And it turns out that this clock had stopped at 1245. And do you know that my mother and father 
both married at 1245 in the afternoon. And I wrote my mother a letter and said, thank you for teaching me how to be the best wife possible. (laughs) I mean, it's so easy. This is a fun game. We should play this more often. We'll we'll come up with something. Okay, so that, by the way, was our (laughs) Priyanka Chopra version of charades, where we can take any topic and turn it into... Priyanka Chopra talking about herself yeah. in her marriage. And her publicationship. Oh my gosh, that's fun. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of talents, that's a talent that Priyanka Chopra has. Oh, sure. We're all about to get in touch with our own talent, our art talent. Yes, Project on a Dirty Masterpiece. Exactly. Tickets are on sale now. So if you have not already, which if you have not, I don't know what you're waiting for, uh, head on over to mytalk1071.com, keyword masterpiece and get your tickets so here's the fun part about what we're doing this year some years we do a performance and you are the audience member watching us perform Mm -hmm. this is different because we're not going to be performing you'll get to see what we did throughout the week but we're going to be actually standing in the midst of all of you we can chat with you we can hang out with you you can hang out with all your favorite hosts and colleen and bradley exactly so this is why it'll be fun. This is going to be a really fun, intimate evening that you get to be a part of. Uh, just get your tickets now so you can make sure that you're there with us. It's yeah, fun. it's not like a lot of times when, you know, like we've done things on the stage and then we don't get to talk to you afterwards. This time, we'll just get to be hanging out with you the whole night. That's it. That's all we're going to do. Uh, and by the way, heavy appetizers, which we heard are going to be delicious. Very heavy. MyTalk1071.com keyword masterpiece. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what is your weird pet name? Do you have a pet with a weird name? 651 651- 641-1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.